Hi there, and welcome back to Let Me Tell You About Homestuck. When we last left off, Rose was attempting to prototype John's Colonel Sprite with the Colonel Sassaker joke book, but she missed and dropped the book on the floor. And the ensuing shockwave caused John's Nana's urn to topple over, spilling the ashes into the Colonel Sprite and prototyping it with them instead. And now we're going to find out the aftermath of that. So, Mike, read us the next command. Inspect Hag Ash Incident. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you find the sacred urn toppled again. This time you're quite sure it wasn't your fault. The sprite is nowhere to be found. Remove Cruxtruder from doorway. Oh man, where'd it go? I can't find it anywhere in the house. No time to worry about it. The next thing we should do is get your server copy of the game from the car. We need to connect to my client so I can repeat your steps and presumably join you, wherever you are. We should do this quickly before my house burns down. Wait, where there's a fire? There will be soon. Oh, jeez. So move this thing already. It looks like it requires a lot of grist to move. I don't have enough to relocate the door, either. How much do you have? Zero. Oh. I, I thought about jumping to the car from that ledge earlier. That sounds really dangerous. I have a better idea. Meet me upstairs. Do again as the purple words say. Thanks, purple words. You're about to head upstairs, but... You thought you heard something behind you. It was faint, but you could swear it was a small, light-hearted chuckle. Along the lines of a spirited hoo-hoo-hoo! Uh-oh. Next. Ignore this woman's antics. <laughs> You're not even sure you saw a woman, let alone any of her hypothetical antics. But whatever it was that you might have caught a glimpse of, it sure gave you the willies. You head upstairs on your way to the balcony. Your PDA is acting up again. Indulge the device, but be curt with it. Hey bro, check it out, I'm working on some new rhymes. Dude, I don't have time for your nerdy raps. Come on, this is Hellsville, just listen. It sounds like you don't even believe me that I was about to get blown up, but I really was, and now I'm in some weird dimension that a Spurb sent me to or something. And now on top of that, I think I'm being haunted by my dead grandma. Huh. For real? Yeah, it's true, but I'll talk to you about it later. I think I could drop some sick rhymes about all this. Man, see, I just don't think all that rapping stuff is really as cool as you think it is. No, this will be dope. Check it. No, I have to go. Goodbye. Wait, Do wait, it. wait. Armageddon's getting waged on us, but I'm a getting armed and dangerous. Send a men in space for saving us. See which player's more courageous. Ben or Bruce, dudes reach a truce. Put their blue shoots to use and upsuck it. Affleck sacrifice, I mean sacrifice, would have to suffice. Oh, fuck it. Robia, stained glass saint, up on a cross getting hella Christ plagiarist. Bruce is like, off of that crucifix. Not up for this fucking savior bus. Restrained his ass, McLean redux, while Buscemi remained dangerous. When a plan gone astray pays off, a wasted craterous ashtray catering the layers of McConaughey's vague remainder dust. Wait. Uh, McConaughey wasn't even in any of those meteor movies, was he? Uh, I'll have to make a rap about, I don't know, Morgan Freeman or something. Being the president. It'll be called Obama Made It So That No One Gives a Shit About Black Presidents in Movies Anymore. See, you gotta fill me in on what's going on, so that I have something to rap about besides all of your dumb shit movies. Enough strange poetry from the red text. <laughs> yeah, I love rap. It's got some dope-ass rhymes. 
Oh, man. You head out to the balcony to find out what Rose has in mind. She's messaging you again. The purple text is less irrational than the red text. I'm lifting the car up to the balcony. Uh, okay. Once it's up, retrieve the game. Then I'll put it back down in the driveway. But the door is locked. Then break a window. But it's my dad's car. It's just a window, and this is sort of an emergency. Otherwise, I promise I'll handle the car with velvet gloves. Alright. Pick up the car. Next. Wait, hold on. Keep watching. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> no. What have you done, Rose? Uh, yeah, the car is gone. No. Ridiculous folly. Inexcusable. You're inclined to agree, but hey, accidents happen. You double-check your PDA to make sure if Rose is really gone. Indeed, this seems to be the case. TG is still pestering you, of course, but another chum is now logged in as well. Hmm. What color are the words that this chum says? Oh, here we go. Here's your chance to finally do a good voice for GG. I'm ready. <laughs> Alright, go for it. I'm back! <laughs> uh, oh, hi! I went to investigate the explosion I heard. Was it by any chance a meteor? Yes! How do you know? <laughs> oh, man. It's kind of a long story. Anyway, are you okay? Did it blow up your yard or start a fire or anything? No, I'm fine. It landed a pretty good ways from my house, and I went to look at it. And it's pretty big, but Beck doesn't want to go near it. So I came home. He seems to think it's dangerous. Well, gosh, he's probably right. Anyway, what have you been up to, John? Oh, did you get my package yet? Er, yeah. I was trying to get it, but Rose dropped my car into a weird spooky bottomless pit, and the package was in the car, and I'm really sorry about that. Oh, no! Wow. Okay, I guess I should start at the beginning. See, a meteor blew up my neighborhood. That's terrible, John. I'm so sorry. <sighs> I'm gonna fucking kill you. But I'm okay. And my house is, too. Sort of. That game I was telling you about, Spurb, which I was playing with Rose, sort of transported me somewhere at the last minute. But now I'm trapped here, and it's weird and dark, and I can't find my dad, and I just lost the car and my copy of the game in the pit, and I think I have to save the world from the apocalypse. Oh. Well, it sounds really crazy and kind of scary, but it also sounds kind of exciting. I don't know, John, maybe this is your destiny. If anyone could save the world, I think it's probably you. Wow, you think so? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, but it's not even that simple. I was about to connect to Rose to help transport her and save her from the meteors and fire and stuff, but she lost battery power and I lost the game disc, so I think I have to get TG to use his copy to save her. But that jackass won't shut up and stop rapping and stuff. <laughs> He's so silly. Yeah. Anyway, I should talk to him about it, so BRB. Nailed it. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're really great. That was, that was a good job. Uh, the green text was attractive. Now view the red text again. Now am I gonna be TG? Yeah, sure, you can be TG. Go for it. This is a, okay, this is a wrap. Perfect. Oh, I'm so ready. I'm gonna sit up. Hold on. <clears throat> Yo, when the film crew zooms in where the president's at, I'm like, if that dude's black, I'll eat my hat. It turns out he is, so we're all damn. Director's got gumption. Like we all flip our shit, he ain't shining shoes or something. 
It's called free emancipation. If it's not preselection, it's God ascension. And Bruce Almighty, whoops, different Bruce from the one I just mentioned. Ah! Can't explain to me why this ain't condescension to think I'll shit a brick. Not even he can convey the instention with his quick spun wit. Rather defray all this tension, sit on his lap while he whittles a splint. And some guy's eyes, what he does and patronizes. I guess Negrosity's the mother of invention. This is, he's not Stop a very good rapper. rapping for a second, you horse's ass. He's not what? He's not a very good rapper. Well, I, I don't really think you read it right. Well, there's no rhythm cues. No, it's it's got a meter to it. You just kind of didn't pick up on it at all. No, nope, Anyway, let's true. move on. I have something important to talk about. Oh, what's up? Rose is in trouble and she needs help. I was going to connect to her with Spur, but I lost my copy. Okay. Also, she lost battery power. If she can get back up and running, she'll need someone with the game to get her out of there before her house burns down. So I think you should use your copy of the game to help her. Uh, my copy? That's, uh, that's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. Why? Well, I, uh, I lost it. It's a stupid story, and I would rather not talk about it. Shit, shit be embarrassing, yo. I thought you said you had two. Well, yeah, one is my brother's copy. Okay, well, get his then. Uh, but he's not gonna be happy about that. Uh, whatever. Also, you might want to read Rose's walkthrough to get caught up to speed on this. Oh, man. What? Uh, nothing really. Look, all I'm saying is the girl tends to lay it on kind of thick, you know? Backslash rolls eyes. Check it, word. Homie dog, check it. Yo, word, word. Trying to imply that I'm the one who's bad at rapping and not him. Fuck you. (laughs) Next! Your laptop is out of battery power. There's only one thing left to do. Time to make your way to that backup generator. Hmm. Oh, it's worth noting for the listeners at home. We've switched to Rose now. We should probably switch. start. We should probably start Rose mentioning. Her we, yeah, when we do character changes, because I think that. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll we'll denote it. That that makes sense. Hmm. Knit laptop cozy to shield your laptop from rain. What the fuck? That would be such a waste of time. Besides, you already knitted one a while ago. You retrieve it from your knitting bag and apply it to your laptop. You capture log the laptop plus cozy. Equip grimoire to strife specimen. We're putting a hold on. We're putting a book in our strife specimen. Well, it's not just any book. It's a book filled with Lovecraftian horror terrors. Oh, okay. That would be incredibly ill-advised. There are some dark forces you just don't want to mess with. You understand this better than most. You put the book down. I can't even equip that. Oh, wow. Recapture log your items. I guess. You grab the knitting bag and the grimoire in that order. It's always a logistical puzzle with your tree modus. The tree auto-balances, leaving the knitting bag accessible in your root card. Oh my god, I forgot about her fucking... <laughs> you forgot about her horrible Silidex. Her horrible silly decks. This is the worst. <laughs> Why would you do... Although I will say that, uh, based on what little I know of Homestuck so far, I if the game plays sort of like this, I am excited. And yeah. I would play... A Homestuck-style MMO where everybody had a different silly decks. Yeah, I'd play that. Like, I just want a silly decks. Uh, Allocate uh, knitting needles to Strife Specimus. Wow, she's gonna get fucked up if we get into Strife. You feel a lot more comfortable with this as a weapon. You're so handy with those needles, you feel like you could probably use them to fillet a swordfish. That's gross, because swordfish are gross. Next. 
You lose the root card in the process, severing the tree. Hey, be careful with all that stuff! Knit plush cuddle Cthulhu to soothe nerves. That would also be a preposterous waste of time. Besides, you're quite sure you've never heard of this creature called Cthulhu before. There are, however, many other specimens of the zoologically dubious you're familiar with. Such as... Consult the grimoire! Flothulu, foul patrician of misery. To hear his mammoth belly gurgle is to know the epoch of joy has come to an abrupt end. It looks like a little... a little squiddy poop. Yeah, Flothulu is actually a reference to Problem Sleuth. He was one of the main bosses in that game. Oh, next. And Rub Yiglif, shame beast king of grotesquerie, writhe lord of the moist beyond hood. Hearing his melodious chirps and tongue clicks causes one's bones to explode. <laughs> Next. And of course there's Oglagoth, the Deep One. Whenever he grinds his teeth, all the children of a random galaxy somewhere will frown continuously for 9,000 years. He's the first and smallest of the smaller gods, appointed in servitude of a vile, unfathomable pantheon of middling gods, which caters to the whims of the noble circle of horror terrors, an omniscient, omnipotent order of the elite few, forever cloaked in the darkness of the furthest ring. So, he's, like, shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. He's not, he's not even a... Not even a good evil god. No. He's just little fucking smarty. Hmm. Next. And then there's this strange page containing some rather mysterious notes on summoning procedures. You've never been quite sure what these diagrams are getting at. This is a very complicated reference to Problem Sleuth that is probably not worth getting into too deeply. Plug things in is how you summon things. Well, okay. In Problem Sleuth, all of the windows are actually portals to another world. And if you switch a window off, that other world goes away. It's like turning off a TV screen. And if you're inside that other world, when somebody shuts off the window that goes with it, everything goes nuts, and it summons an old god. And that is where Flothulu comes from in that comic, and that's why they have to fight him. And that's what this diagram is trying to explain what to do to summon one of these guys. That seems weird. Yeah, it's something they spend a lot of time sort of digging into and exploring in Problem Sleuth. Uh, it's a very slow burn in that comic, so condensing it down into a couple sentences there is kind of difficult to do. Take items and proceed downstairs. You recapture log everything the way you want it to appear in the tree and head downstairs. You figure that's enough dilly-dallying. It's time to get a move on. Hmm... I don't have anything clever to say. Next! All right. What does the bracket S mean on the commands? Like it's... That means that it's a page with sound. Oh. I'm going to unmute my microphone. Or not my yep. microphone, my computer speakers. I clicked the yep. thing. Load. Here we go. You wonder... I thought it, was... I thought it said... I thought the first line was, you wonder if this page will ever load up. And I was like, I do wonder! <laughs> uh, is it loaded or not? It's raining. You wonder if this rain will ever let up. It's driven since the month began, perhaps long enough to forget its purpose. It no longer even knows to assuage fire. Somewhere, a zealous god threads these strings between the clouds and the earth, preparing for a symphony it fears impossible to play. And so it threads on, and on, delaying the rays of the conductor's baton. How you hate this season. April is the cruelest month. 
breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. American sports legend, Charles Barkley. Fucking love Charles Barkley in Space Jam. He's an incredible poet. He is. He's one of the founding fathers of our poet time. Confront mother in hall. Surely your mother is lurking nearby. You should be prepared for an unpleasant confront. Oh, psych! Oh, this is perfect. What? There's this really cool dude, okay? He's standing around being all chill like cool dudes are known to do sometimes. A cool dude like this probably has a real cool name. But he probably wouldn't just tell you what it was if you asked. He'd be way too busy for that. Busy being totally sweet. But you could always try to guess his name. And if you were right, he might nod ever so slightly. That's a cool dude's way of letting you know there might just be hope for you yet. Enter name, Mike Blaze. Insufferable prick. This guy doesn't have time for this bullshit. Try again, Mike Blaze. Guess what, he's got a sword too, like you've been wanting John to get forever. It's true. Dave Strider. That's basically Mike Blaze. It's close. Dave has four letters, Mike has four letters. Examine room. Your name is Dave. It is an unseasonably warm April day. Your bedroom window is open to let some air in, and your fan is cranked. Arguably even more cranked would be your fly beats, which brings us to your variety of interests. A cool dude like you is sure to have plenty. You have a penchant for spinning out unbelievably ill jams with your turntables and mixing gear. You like to rave about bands no one's ever heard of but you. You collect weird dead things preserved in various ways. You are an amateur photographer and operate your own makeshift darkroom. You maintain a number of ironically humorous blogs, websites, and social networking profiles. And if the inspiration strikes, you won't hesitate to drop some fat rhymes on a mofo and represent. What will you do? Stand in awe because there's a storybook character who is me. 100% me. Oh my goodness. I kind of had a feeling you would react this way. This is, this is the best. This is the best thing that's ever happened. Well, why don't we find out some more about him, then? Quickly retrieve... Mmm... I'm not finishing this sentence, because it's dumb. Alright, fine, I'll say it, then. Quickly retrieve arms from cinder blocks. Fuck! You say it! Ah. See, look at that, he even agrees that that was a dumb command. Yes. Get the damn beta and save your friend's life. This notion strikes you as nonsensical. You can't imagine how a video game could save someone's life, and in any case, you're quite sure no one you know is in any danger. Anyway, these are your copies of the beta you received in the mail recently. You've labeled them with your name in bold red print to distinguish them from your bro's copies, who labeled his in kind. Neither of you really gives a shit about this game or has any intention of playing it, but you'll be damned if you'll let that get in the way of your campaign of one-upmanship. So, just to be clear here, what's happening is we've gone back in time a few hours for Dave. Uh, chronologically, we're basically back at the start of the story. And we're seeing things from his perspective now. Oh, okay. Bleat like a goat and piss on your turntable. You would never consider allowing any fluid even remotely resembling urine to touch your beloved turntables. That would risk breaking them, and a world without the gift of your godly science just doesn't sound like a place you want any part of. While you're at it, you might as well wipe out human civilization with a meteor, or something ridiculous like that which will probably never happen. That sort of thing only happens in stupid idiot movies for stupid idiots. Bah. Next. 
You will, however, contemplate bleeding like a goat for ironically humorous purposes at a later date. Alright. Yeah, we, uh, we get the idea. See, Dave even has the same weird obsession with goats that you have. I know, it's really weird. It's, you. it's getting weird. Examine closet. This is your closet. This is where you keep a lot of your crap. Like that box. And that bottle of... What is that? Is that? Check the blue box. This is the package that your friend John Egbert sent you for your 13th birthday a little while ago. It now contains nothing except a note and a certificate of authenticity, vouching for the genuine Hollywood memorabilia which the box originally contained, and which you're now wearing to be ironic but also to be incredibly cool in a way somehow intangibly related to the ironic nature of the accessory. You find it sort of exasperating to explain these subtleties to people. The box also included a signed photo of Ben Stiller, which now proudly hangs above your closet. Proudly and ironically. Take the box. I love this guy. You capture log the box through your hash map fetch modus. Your modus's current hash function resolves the index by valuing each consonant at 2 and each vowel at 1. The total is divided by your number of cards, and the remainder is the index. Box equals 2 plus 1 plus 2 equals 5. 5 divided by 10 has a remainder of 5. The box is capture logged in card 5. Hmm. I like this. Examine jar of unknown yellow substance in the closet, aka piss. Oh, hell yes! It's an unopened container of apple juice! You thought you were all out! It's like fucking Christmas up in here! This is so great! You've got to tell John about this immediately! He'll be so excited! Take juice. I see what they did. Yeah, it's a callback. You capture log the juice into card 7. 2 plus 1 plus 1 plus 2 plus 1 divided by 10 has a remainder of 7. Hmm. Neat. Access Pastor Chum and Pastor John. Fuck you, John. Whoa, he got a sick box. In addition to letting your buddy know about this outstanding juice windfall, you figure you wish him a happy birthday while you're at it. In your own cool, sort of roundabout way, of course. Good thing you looked at that box he sent you, or you might have forgotten. You also might as well ask him about that beta. The kid's been harping about it for weeks. It would be cool if it came on his birthday. He'd be one happy camper. Next. Now we get a quick look at uh, Dave's sick-ass desktop here. I love it. Next. Wait. Dope rhymes so dope. Okay, now next. All right, we've actually already read this chat log back in the very first episode. Uh, This is just sort of being used to establish uh, how Dave's timeline is syncing up with John. So back when we saw John talking to Dave about little monsters and apple juice piss, this is what was happening on Dave's half of the conversation. Go online and view sites indicative of your interests. They tricked me with that word. You open your Hephaestus web browser and direct it to your ironically maintained blog, where you post monthly satirical reviews of GameBro magazine. Your latest post is a review of the March issue. And, um, go ahead and click that link, because the cover of GameBro is incredible. (laughs) I want that website. (laughs) (laughs) You've been meaning to write a review for the latest issue, too, but you've sort of been dogging it. Something about the game they're reviewing just doesn't strike you as ripe for satirical purposes. <laughs> Next. Alright, oh man, okay, we just struck gold. Here we go, this is the good stuff. In a new tab, you open another one of your sites, a webcomic ironically maintained through a satirical cipher vaguely similar to that of your blog. It's called Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. 
you have legions of devoted fans, most of whom are totally convinced of your creative persona's sincerity, which is just how you like it. I think we need to take a few moments here and read a couple uh, Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff comics, because they will change the way you look at your life and everything in it. Okay. All right, well then let's load up this hideous, disgusting-looking website for a second here. I can't wait to be a useless piece of shit all day and play all these games. Fuck, I'm falling down all these stairs! This is weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's real weird. But, uh, come on. You need to read Hella Jeff's part here. Yeah, uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll read both the parts. I warned you about stairs, bro! I told you, dog! It keeps happening! Oh my goodness. What the... What is this page? No, I'm done with this webpage. What is going on? <laughs> what do you want? This is Dave's webcomic. Jesus. Which is awful, but it's awful on purpose because it's ironic. Oh man, alright. Closing that. And the best part is that the stuff in Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff foreshadows what happens in Homestuck. Next, or check the latest page of Midnight Crew. That's what it is. Midnight Crew. You are members of a sinister gang called the Midnight Crew. Your nefarious plots are serpentine in complexity. Your schemes convoluted. You're planning a heist in your underground hideout. What will you do? Use... Uh, okay, so pause game. Could somebody okay. explain to me what Occam's Razor is? Occam's Razor is a rhetorical... Uh, it's, like a, it's like a logical device that you use to try and determine an explanation for something that you don't know how to explain. And what it says is that you should always assume that the least complicated solution is the correct one because it is the most likely to be true because it relies on the fewest number of assumptions. It's basically a way to cut down on um, baseless speculation. Um, why is it a razor? Because you're shaving off the unlikely explanations. Is that actually the reason? Or did you just make that up? As far as I know, that's the actual reason, yeah. Oh my goodness, they're very smart when they come up with these but names. in Midnight Crew, it's a literal razor. Probably that was owned by a guy named Dockham. Oh, this is a real thing? Yeah, it's a real thing. Oh, I thought he made it up. No, 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 no. He's referencing the real Occam's razor, with Spade Slick having a literal Occam's razor. Oh. Okay, SS, climb ladder Spades. and exit hideout. Implement nefarious plots. You push against the manhole cover, but it seems some unbelievable jackass has parked your getaway van on top of it. A familiar feeling stirs. That feeling is overwhelming, soul-blackening rage. It's the sort of rage that'll make a man feel totally justified in sporting an unnecessarily elaborate assortment of fancy blades. Dave, skip ahead 100 pages or so. You don't remember where you last left off, so you jump way ahead. You always forget to save your place in the story. It looks like tempers have become short in this pressure cooker already. You speculate that the tipping point may have been an ill-advised motion for a game of 52 pickup. <laughs> Save your place, read it later. So just to explain a little bit, the Midnight Crew are sort of side characters in Problem Sleuth. Um, in Problem Sleuth, all the main characters are sort of 1930s era pulp fiction detectives. And the Midnight Crew are their mobster counterparts that um, sort of show up in a very ancillary way in that story. Oh. Neat. 
Even though the adventure began recently, it's already over 3,000 pages long. You just don't have time for this bullshit. You'll catch up later. Besides, it looks like someone's pestering you. You're pretty sure you know who it is. Answer, chum. In some cultures, the persistent refusal of a lady's invitation to play a game with her would be a sign of wanton disrespect. Either that or flagrant homosexuality. What? Oh, oh no. D no. Look, I'm just busy. I've got a lot of shit on my plate, and I'm sort of a big deal, okay? I know. Sometimes I wonder how you're ever allowed to pay for meals in restaurants. It must be hard to keep a low profile when you're always overhearing odd voices whisper, It's that guy who has a blog! Seriously, dudes be worshipping me left and right. I can't hardly walk down the street without stepping over torsos of the prostrate. Navigating the urban landscape, I'm sure, is difficult enough without an obstacle of deferential flesh and skyward asses. Perhaps adapting the art of parkour to your unique environment would help? Yeah, I mean, damn, like there's this scruffy little shit at my feet, an orphan or something? I don't know. Face flush with the payment. I'm like, dude, are you listening for a stampede or buffalo or something? He braves a look at me, then gives my shoe a little kiss, and then scurries the fuck off. Heavy is the crown. Yeah, not kicking Oliver Twist in the fucking face every day is my gift to the world, I guess. Breathtaking magnanimity! Among other things, I just give and fucking give. Indeed. Nary a jewel tumbles from your wish box of daily exploits, which I imagine does not sparkle. Oh, for fuck's sake, you're just lobbying me for, for me to play that dumb game. Baseless accusation! Look, I'm telling you, Egbert is all about that game. He will play it with you, and is probably probably be tickle-retarded about it. I know this very well. I cannot hasten his mail's delivery, however. Yeah, yeah, I'll hassle him some more about it. And look, how about this? If you ever find yourself in the position where your life depends on me playing that piece-of-shit game, then I'll play. Will that make you happy? More than you know. It perfectly mollifies my grief over the demise of chivalry. John, what are you doing? Stop doing nothing. Meanwhile, in the present, in a place where the present may be a concept of dubious merit, John is spacing out. But a vague and forceful thought jolts him to attention. Or maybe it's that bumping sound coming from the other side of the door. What is that? Equal sign, equal sign, greater than, space, question mark, question mark. Troubling. Investigate this. There's a trail of this fluid in the hall, leading to your room. <laughs> Dave, play some hauntingly sick beats. You've had enough of the computer for a while. You feel like you've been messing around on it all week. It's time to get your jam on. You pull up to your trusty Akai MPC-1000 sampler and prepare to get sick and nasty. Hmm. Bracket, S, bracket, equal sign, equal sign, greater than. Hmm. Welcome to Dave's Fat Beat Machine. How do I work this? Just click on the big square buttons. Oh, um, click all four buttons at the same time. What? Unclick everything and then click on the four corner buttons. What just happened? Now you've accessed. Great. What have I? What have I done? See the four squares in the bottom. Bonus buttons. Click them. Get that.
Obviously, that's the uh, that's Harlequin, the clown theme from Homestuck. Yeah. Scary. That was the Ghostbusters theme song, but you haven't seen Ghostbusters, so you wouldn't know that. Oh. Huh, looks like some of these buttons are broken. Uh, that really sucks, because one of these was the Captain Planet theme song. Oh. I've oh. Never, I don't know what Captain Planet is. Oh. Well, never mind then. Maybe we should just move along. How do you book practice page play with it more later? Okay, sip the apple juice, despite what you okay. said. Those beats were so fresh, they belong in the produce aisle, is what you're talking about. Soccer moms be thumping that shit for ripeness like melons, know what I'm saying? After beats that fresh, it would be a crime not to reward yourself with a celebratory swig. 2 plus 2 plus 1 plus 2 divided by 10 has a remainder of 7. Boom. So to call stuff out of his Silidex, he's got to use a word that, like, would fit into that card. Oh, I like this one. Well, and consider, too, that he's a rapper, so he can call items out of his Silidex by rapping about them. That's true. Oh, fuck. Oh, this is going <laughs> to get great. Yep. Next. That's the magic. John's got you all twisted up inside now. All you can think about is Mandel's gross monster piss. Damn you, Egbert! You recapture the juice. Allocate sword to strife specimens. Yes! Here we go. The moment you've been waiting for since we first started. Yes! Your strife specimens is already allocated with the blade kind of Stratus. There's no need to allocate it. You can wield your sweet ninja sword as a weapon once it's in your strife deck. But you'll have to capture lug it first before moving it there. Capture log the sword. The ninja sword occupies the same card as the juice, expelling the juice from your Silidex. It splashes all over your turntables and your copies of the beta! Ah! Get a towel or something! You head out to get a towel from the bathroom across the hall. You glance at one of the many radical puppets in your bro's collection and nod in approval. Is there anything not awesome about your bro? No, you think not. Next, I bet his bro's dumb. You enter the bathroom. There's a damp towel on the floor that you can probably use for this crisis. You stop to pay a little respect to one of your bro's boys up there. Hey, little man. How's it hanging? Capture log damp towel. I'm going to go ahead and say right now that having puppets strewn around the house at random is a lot worse than Harlequin figurines. Yeah, yeah. Puppets are scary. You take the damp towel, expelling the box. Hmm. Oh, you're not doing the numbers. Okay. Search the bathroom for something slightly less damp. Nah, you just decide to wring this towel out in the toilet to make it less damp. It's now just a towel. Take towel. You take the towel and grab the box again while you're at it. Clean up juice. Clean up juice. So far, Dave seems a lot better at this game than John. Yeah. You clean up the juice with the towel and hang the damp beta envelopes on the line to dry off. Hmm, next. In the breeze of the fan, the betas jostle near the open window. 
This arrangement is a little disconcerting. If they fell out, it sure would be a stupid way to lose them. Turn off the fan. Dave is on top of this shit. The crisis is easily averted. You can't imagine it will ever resurface later in any way, shape, or form. That beta is as good as yours forever. It's not true. Next. You should probably go pester Egbert again. You wonder if he found the beta yet. You also might chat about your respective silidices and fetch Modi if the topic happens to come up. You wonder if he's anywhere near as smooth with his silidex as you are. Probably not. It's probably not even humanly possible. Next! Suddenly, a rambunctious crow flies in the open window and snatches the beta, possibly to make a nest with, or maybe just for the sake of being a brainless, feathery asshole. You yell at the bird. Stop. Stop equals seven, which is where the ninja sword was stored. Oh, no. Next. You accidentally launch your ninja sword. Everything goes flying out the window, dead bird and all. But he did kill the bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did kill the bird. Next. So... <laughs> <laughs> no one can ever know about this. I say that to myself on a regular basis. Look really closely at the picture and see if you can see the little tiny exclamation point that's blinking next to him. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look out window. Yeah, you can kiss all that stuff goodbye. You feel sorry for the bird, but... At least you never plan on using that beta, ever. Anyway, now that that bit of ugliness is behind you, you guess you can look forward to several more hours of messing around in your room- Whoa, wait, what? Why is there a picture of a garden gnome? Next. You prepare to descend the stairs to your living room. You are standing eye to eye with a familiar foe, a twenty-foot-tall granite statue of the mighty wizard Zazarpan the Learned. Your mother had him installed through a hole in the roof with a heavy-duty crane. Just look at that mystical gaze. To peer into those aloof, glassen eyes is to arrest the curiosity of any mortal. To behold the wisdom concealed in the furrows of that venerable face is to know the ceaseless joys of bewonderment itself. Any man so fortunate as to catch askance his merry twinkle or twitch of whisker shall surely have all his dreams fulfilled. Next. You find this grisly abomination utterly detestable. Psychoanalyze mother lo mother's love of wizards. There is nothing to psychoanalyze. Your mother clearly has no real affinity for these damnable things. She only collects them to spite you. If anything, she finds them even more repellent than you do. She's just a committed woman. Go downstairs to the kitchen back door. I love the idea that Rose's mom has spent thousands of dollars on statues of shitty wizards just to piss Rose off. Yeah, holy <laughs> fuck. That is a fun and creative form of child abuse. You descend to the living room area of your home's expansive open layout. There's the sound of rushing water beneath the floor. It tends to strike guests as a strange presence in a living space, but it's become hardly audible to you through familiarity. I don't know if you noticed, um, earlier we saw a wide shot of her house, and there's sort of, it's built on top of a river, and there's water flowing underneath of it, and I guess the implication is that their house runs on hydropower. Okay, yeah, I saw that in the zoom out. Yeah. There's the front door. But hopefully, there's no need to make the long trek around the house in the rain. You might as well see if you can slip through the kitchen and out the back unnoticed. There's a, an idea that each of the four kids represents one of the four elements, and that their house is powered by whatever element they represent, and some other stuff. So, for instance, Rose is water, so it's raining outside, her house is powered by hydroelectricity. John is wind, his little opening 
monologue thing mentioned wind blowing through his neighborhood. He, his house is probably powered by windmills. Dave is fire, so it's really hot outside where he is. His house is powered by coal. Oh, uh, and the other one's earth, and she's probably fucking earthy and shit. Gross. Dirty. I'm not gonna like her. <laughs> View mother's solid copper vacuum statue. Okay, but it's bronze, not copper. But it wasn't always. A while ago, you gave this as an ironic gift to your mom for Mother's Day. You even customized it with a drink holder to support one of her ubiquitous alcoholic beverages. She liked the gift so much, she had it bronzed and put on this pedestal. She even left it plugged in so it can still be turned on now and then. But never to do any cleaning. It never leaves this display. Sometimes at night, when you're in your room, you can hear it wailing from downstairs. She must know you can hear it. She's completely deranged. Grab the Eldritch Princess. I am going to be saying this a whole lot, but I really like Rose's mom. Yeah, what the fuck? Unfortunately, that's going to be all the time that we've got for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening in again. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. We're one of the only results that comes up if you search for Homestuck on the iTunes store. And also make sure to subscribe to Mike Blaze's Twitter account, Just Blaze. Um, there is a high chance we're going to be missing next week because of Christmas. I will see if I can't get an episode out somewhere in there, but probably not. In which case, I'll see you guys in two weeks.